I think the the problem is is that if people associate the divide like this, if they go, if you're a liberal, then you're oh, you're far left. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. you're if you're right wing, then you're oh, you're far right. right. No, no, guys, exactly. You you can be we right can down the coexist. middle of the road. I mean, yeah. just because you're right doesn't mean you're far right. Yeah, I mean, just because you're left doesn't mean you're far left. Yeah, I think people are. I think people are missing a lot of opportunities to have really great friendships and really great memories with people that think differently than they do. Amen. And welcome back to In the Booth. I'm Sean Booth, and we appreciate you guys. Wherever you're listening from, maybe you're in Connecticut, maybe you're in New Hampshire, maybe you're in Tennessee. Maybe you're in Canada. And maybe you're in Canada. We love the Canadians. We are here in Nashville, Tennessee. And this, you guys, is going to be a fun, fun episode. Let me break it down for you. Across the way from me, in the love seat, she is beautiful. She is single. Oh, yeah. Let's go. (laughs) She is looking for a man who's at least six foot five, looks like J.J. Watt, and has a lot of money. You guys, today she's rocking some blue jeans, white shoes, and a Britney Spears t-shirt with that oh-so-curly hair. We got Curly Cat in the house, folks. Curly, curly Cat! cat. Wow. Hello, That's everybody. Solid. Thank you for that That's intro. Nice. That was intense. Not as intense as this one. Got to get my notes out for this. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> to my left here, in the hot seat today, folks, okay. he is a country singer, All right. a radio personality, a dancing with the stars alumni. True. An actor. Yeah. <laughs> Hallmark. Depends on what your level of acting. It doesn't matter. A podcast host. True. An entrepreneur. Yeah. Owner of Milarosa Wines. Yeah. <laughs> Star and creator of the new hit show here in Nashville, Tennessee, Shiners. Okay. And he's also a father. Yeah, and a husband. That, yeah, that's probably the most important thing. And I'm calling it right now. I think that Chuck Wicks will be the mayor of Nashville, Tennessee oh. one day. You know, I was thinking about that. The, 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 the mayoral race is going on right now for Nashville, Tennessee. Do you have to live in the city? Because I live in Murray County. Do you have to live in the county to be the mayor of that county? I don't know. But Sam Cat, tell me if you know anybody more qualified to be the mayor. I don't. I think that he's basically done everything else. He might as well add po- politics to his list. Yeah. Hey, give it up for Chuck Elliott Wicks. Yeah. Hey, oh, hey, hey, name. Yeah. name drop. That was intense. That's good. That's good. Elliott, two T's. Yes, that's right. So um, <laughs> that's a lot of stuff. Thank, yes. I mean, I feel like I am very similar in that aspect where my whole life is like more, 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 give me more. It's like never enough. Cue the song. More, more, <laughs> give me more. Oh, it's a Britney song. song. All right, perfect. Are you like that? Give me more. (laughs) You want more? (laughs) Yeah, all the time. I'm never satisfied. (laughs) Never satisfied. Is that a problem, do we think? I'm the same way. I think that's the way it should be. I think that's a good quality to have because if you just kind of like settle, life becomes boring. And I like to try new things and expand. And if if you have the capability to do something with whatever God has given you, you should do it. Because if you don't use it, you're wasting it. If you don't use it, you lose it. <laughs> what is the number one thing? Or do you go, are you country singer Chuck Wicks? 
obviously besides dad and husband, we know that's number one. Yeah. If you had to put on your tombstone in a very long time from now, one sentence of Chuck Wicks, what do you want to be remembered by? Well, if it was my music career, it would be a short sentence because a lot of people would would be like, oh, the one song. Okay. Um, No, I, you know, music is like everything you just talked about, like doing things and whether it's TV or film or like a business owner or that those all came from opportunities that stemmed from having a music career. So um, when I signed RCA Records in 2007-ish, that opened up a lot of doors for me to meet some really interesting people or powerful people or people that could do things for you. So I I always took advantage of those things. And I think it's all about relationships. Like, you know, when I got in a room with some of the best songwriters in the world, I didn't just didn't go there to participate. I wanted to, or, or I wanted to learn. I like, I wanted to go into the room. I wanted to learn. I wanted to make friends and, and I wanted to keep those friends. Cause when you sign a record deal, um, you can get into a room pretty easily because you have a record deal like mm-hmm. with big songwriters, but it's getting back in the room. That's the hard part. You can get in the room once, but getting in the room twice, that's the, that's the challenge. So I kind of like, to your to your point to your question was like music is the nucleus that has brought me all these different opportunities so i always kind of hinge back on music right uh i i don't know if i would put it on my tombstone uh <laughs> you know chuck wicks the musician i would probably just put chuck know, wicks date yeah i would just put the date <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't even put like the li- like who cares go, go i would put google me google. Yeah, yeah. yeah well so then you got in that room once and then you took full advantage of it because it's like you came out hot, stealing Cinderella, top of the charts, very start of your career. Yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of work that you put into that, had the background getting to that point. And so what you're saying, though, is kind of keeping that up, getting in that second time and trying to keep that going because that's got to be a lot of pressure after you come out that hot. It, uh, being on RCA, that was the most, um, I was, that was the most nerve-wracking time of my life when I was a touring artist, because, um, you always have to keep it going. You like, once you get to the top of the charts, then you're like, great. I remember when I it went to the top and then I, it didn't, it was done. Right. And I went to the next single and then I was just like, I had this weird feeling. I was like, Oh shit, I have to do this again. And if I don't do it again, then what? So it's like, it's, it was very stressful for me personally. Like I remember not sleeping. I was, I was uh, constantly just missing big moments because I was too stressed in the moment. Right. So I was missing these big moments that I was like, I was on these huge tours and um, do, doing arenas and touring. We I toured, did seventy five shows with uh, Brad Paisley, and I wish I would have taken it in a little bit more. Right, because it goes by so quick, so fast. Yeah, you're just kind of going with the motions. Then you look back, like, holy crap. I can't believe all that happened to me. Yeah. And then it's, and then like dance with the stars was another thing. I was, I was like, I, I got, I was on, I was on my third single. Like I was still new. I was still like a new artist. It was so, yeah. It, I was so green. I was so, I didn't, I'd never done like some kind of TV thing that was that big. When I was on dance with the stars, people actually watched it. Right. Like there was like 20 million viewers a week. Huge. You know, now it's like, you know, Disney plus and you know, I don't know, it's like a million, maybe I don't know what it is, but it's just, um, even that, it was so like I remember the Kardashians were over here, and <clears throat> uh, Steve O from Jackass was over there, and Lawrence Taylor, Sean Johnson, all these big, big names. And I'm still, to me, 
I'm still like small town Chuck from Smyrna, Delaware that, you know, we were farmers. Like, so to be in that circle so quick, um, it just, it was so, it just happened wow. so quick. Yeah. So fast. In Delaware. <laughs> Delaware. Delaware. Sam Cat, have you ever been to Delaware? Actually, no. That's, uh, I have about six states until I've reached all 50 and Delaware is one of them that I haven't been to. Because you're on tour with Old Dominion right now. Correct. Um, I feel like they're going to hit Philly. Mm-hmm. So Philly's like, you can, Philly's like a 10 minute drive from the state of Delaware. Right. But if I just cross the line and like do a jumping jack and it, does it count as being there? 100%. Oh, okay. Especially yeah. Delaware because there's not a lot to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if, well, you do, if you do two jumping jacks, you've done one more jumping jack than everybody else in okay. Delaware. Good to know. Good to know. How far did you make it on Dance with the Stars? Fifth, Fifth place. place. Fifth place. Fifth place. That's not bad. Top five. That's top five. Pretty good, guys. Pretty good. Thank you. Who won? Thank you over there. Sean, Sean Johnson. Sean uh, Johnson. All right. Which ironically, Sean, I, she was like 15 when I met her. Now she's older, but she was uh, such a sweetheart of a girl, but she's the only one that I like kept a friendship with. She's like still one of my best friends to this, to this day, and she lives in Nashville now. Yeah, I feel like she said that as well, is that you were kind of like supportive of her and she obviously went in there as super young oh, age was she on this podcast she sat in that chair right there wow yeah we kind of worked our way up first place second place third place fourth place, okay and now fifth place <laughs> great i feel blessed <laughs> <laughs> so after that you're all over the place okay then what you come back to nashville tennessee and it's the pressure of trying to make another album. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I remember in particular, I was on, and this is the interesting thing about the music business is um, I was on my third single. I had two that went up the charts. And then, so the third one was doing really well because I was on Dancing with the Stars at the time. It was a song called Man of the House. It was a song um, that was basically speaking when someone goes overseas, uh, uh, like in the army or, you know, serving our country it's hard to be a kid when you're the man of the house so like if his, his the point of the song was his dad was fighting a war overseas and he was like 12 years old and he had to be the man of the house so it's like it took me a year to write that song it's like a very well crafted song even brad paisley wrote, brad brad paisley wrote country radio a note about that song handwritten note went to all of country radio it says Chuck Wicks is out on tour with me. This song right here should be song of the year. Play it as much as you can. Really? And I was like, crap. And that was when Brad was like hot. Like he was at the top of his game. And we were going to go with another single, but because he wrote that letter, he, we went with that one. So here I am. I feel really good about that because like Brad had you know, stamped it and country radio did play it. It was like 26 on the charts with a bullet going up. I'm on dance with the stars. I'm like, this is awesome. The minute I got kicked off dance with the stars, the next day I get a call from my record label and he goes, Hey Chuck, he goes, Hey, I just want to give you some news. Uh, we're going to pull the single off a of radio. I'm like, I thought he was joking. I'm like, why? I'm like, he's like, well, it's just not doing what we wanted to do. And I'm like, well, it looks like it's doing pretty well. It's 26. It's got a bullet. It's still going up. And uh, he goes, yeah, it's just not, we want better sales. So we're just going to move on and go to the next record. What that really means is, hey, we got as much as we wanted to get from you being on TV and a song out on the radio at the same time. 
Now that you're off the show, we're going to pull that and focus on another artist. Next up. That's what, that's exactly what it means. And so, you know, that, that was the start with RCA. Once they did that, I kind of knew like, oh, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not as big as a priority to them as I thought I was. Cause it's hard when you're on a huge label with that, like that. I think when I was on RCA, it was me, Chris Young, Martina McBride, um, Jake Owen. Remember when, uh, what was it called? Uh, country, the Tim McGraw movie with Gwyneth Paltrow. Country Strong or Country something? Strong. Yeah. So Country Strong came out and Gwyneth Paltrow sang on that, the record for Country Strong. So, of course, RCA picks up the rights to that record. They were pushing a Gwyneth Paltrow song at the same time. So they, Gwyneth and Chuck out. Yeah, they're like, oh, we got to push this song because this movie's out. So there's a lot of like, you know, inner politics, politics within your own label that you have to fight. Of course. So once I got out of that first record, I made that second record and we had a couple songs go to uh, top 40 and then I ended up getting uh, dropped from RCA. And so that was like a hard time for me because so, I went so fast, like boom up here mm -hmm. to like crap, no record deal. I'm not torn as much, man. I, I ran into money problems. I would, cause I had, I was used to making, x amount and living this lifestyle mm -hmm. and then i got stripped away quick so but then i was like well i still want to eat at that nice steak steakhouse that i like eating at you know what i'm saying yeah of course and you just and then you're and then your accountant goes chuck you may want to <laughs> go to a turnip truck yeah no <laughs> turnip truck's too expensive too uh you may want to go to like walmart or something and start shopping there for your food but um yeah it was a, it was an interesting time but i learned a lot so my career, I know you've asked, you've, we're talking career stuff, but my career has been quite the roller coaster. Yeah. So you know going into it that it's a cutthroat business? Yes. But obviously you didn't know exactly what it was like until it happened to you. I've never been the kind to give up. Yeah. Um, I always find a way to survive. And I think that's to go back to what you kind of opened up with is that, you know, you and I are kind of cut from the same cloth. Like we like to do a lot of different things. Um and all at once. Right. And I think it's what you have to do in life in general. You have to have four or five, six different ways to make a living or make an income or make an impact. It doesn't have to necessarily be money. Could you you could just be making an impact on someone else's life or your or your own. And I think by doing that, you alleviate the stress of, oh my gosh, I need to have this one thing work. And if this one thing doesn't work, mm -hmm. I'm fucked. Mm -hmm. Well, no, if this one thing doesn't work, it just wasn't meant to work. And you have the four other things that you can go focus on as well. So that's kind of the school that I've kind of learned yeah. to, to to develop in my life. And obviously grinded through. And then would Us Again be your next biggest hit after Stealing Cinderella? Yeah. So time had surpassed. So I I had reached that point where I was busy, 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 not busy, trying to uh, keep my career going as much as possible on the road with the success I had with RCA. And then I, it start it started dwindling and dwindling because you can only live so long off of it. And I'm like, Oh shit. I, I did that. I have an Oh shit moment. I was like, okay, I need, do I need to go get like a normal job? <laughs> do, mm -hmm. I, do I need to go? Cause I need to start making money. 
And yeah. it, it was at that time I got asked to jump on country radio as a morning show guy, like a morning show host. And that's when it financially, it turned back around for me. I was able to start um, making good money again. And it's a lot of it's, life is easier when you're not stressed financially. Right. Um, just cause you can breathe a little easier and be like, make a little, you don't make decisions out of desperation. You make decisions out of like, does this make sense for me or my direction? So when I got back, when I got into radio talking, not singing, ironically, I, at the same time, I got offered another record deal and I got faced with, with this decision Chuck, do you want to do, do you want to do this radio? Like, can you leave radio? I'm like, well, no, because I'm, I like it. A, and I'm getting paid really well too. And I don't really want to go back into that. I, I started panicking. Cause I was like, Oh, I remember when I was an RCA and I was like the most, I was panicking every day. Yeah. Is this song going to go up the chart? Trauma. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if I want to go into that space again mentally. And, um, I said, why don't I just do both? So I did both. And I found out really quick when you do a radio station or a, a radio show for Cumulus was at the time of Cumulus Radio. Well, there's Cumulus, there's iHeart, and there's at the time it was, um, it, this isn't it, like CBS Radio, right? right. So there's like these three big radio people, mm -hmm. conglomerates or whatever you want to call it. And they really dictate how much you're going to get played because iHeart has like, 250 radio stations cumulus has 125 like they just kind of control the the landscape of the of the business so because i was working with cumulus well cumulus supported the song right i was like oh this is great but iheart wouldn't touch it it was really interesting and i was and i remember because it was a great song it actually i say that because the numbers proved that it was a great song. Not that I. And you're talking us again. Us again. Yeah. So and this was in 2016. So us again, out of the gate, before it even reached top 40 on the radio, sold 100,000 units, not streams. Like I'm going to go on iTunes and buy that song. I was one of them. I bought it. I remember that song. I remember going through a, like a breakup. And I love oh, that song. okay. Yeah. That's why you smile when I walk in the door. You're That's like, right. hey, it's Chuck. I love his song. But yeah, it was a cool song. I was really excited. I, th I thought that song was going to like get me back on track as an artist. And uh, it was really like a punch to the face when I was just like, oh, here we fucking go again. You know, the politics of the business are, is going to ruin a chance of actually just a good song making it. And a lot of artists face that. So with the radio stations then, obviously you're a host of a show. You can't just be like, hey, listen to this new song by Chuck Wicks every 10 minutes. Do you even control the songs that are played or you're just... No, I don't. No, no. We, I wish I did. Yeah, but that's um, a whole other beast to get the song on the radio for them to be able to play it a certain amount of times during the day. Oh, yeah. They started... Usually they started in overnights and then after overnights, they'll do like maybe some midday stuff and then they don't even... You don't even do morning drive until it's like... Until it's a hit. Or you're Keith Urban. You know, you just go straight into morning drive, but it's just one of those things. The thing about this way, real quick, let's say there's, you have 42 slots to, you have 42 slots for country radio to be like, I'm putting that in, 
my playlist at my playlist, right? There's 42 slots, but then you have 150 songs coming at you that you have to pick from. That's how hard, like, there's a lot of people that are just never going to get played. And that comes down to, and I'm sure Sam Cat, you see this at all these events and gatherings of people in the industry, basically just people sucking each other's to get for lack of better terms like well sean i can honestly say i never did that (laughs) and that's why i don't have a music career (laughs) i'm kidding but right i mean it's all about who you know because i feel like you have a guy like stapleton right who's out there and wasn't he playing honky tonks before anybody picked him up on broadway oh he was i mean he was in a really well-known band for a long time and i mean everyone knew stapleton was a great singer uh, but he was kind of like did this his own thing in his band, and then he stepped out. I never, I'll never forget. I think when Stapleton somewhat got noticed on a mainstream level was when he was singing backgrounds on "Drink a Beer" for Luke Bryan on the award show. I think it was CMA Awards, maybe. And you know, you have Luke Bryan who's got a, definitely has a sound, mm-hmm. but then you have Stapleton behind him you're singing like, this real big note, and you're like, "Who's that guy?" Who the fuck is that? Yeah. Who is that? And and from that moment, I'm like, damn, that guy can sing. And you're like, oh, that's Chris Stapleton. And then from that point on, I feel like his it just then he's appearing with Timberlake. And then he's, you know, Justin Timberlake. And then he's and then he's got a record out and then it just he's crushing. So yeah. So then how much of it is it it's talent versus management? I can tell you Chris Stapleton's all talent. For sure. <laughs> so um, and I think. Chris Stapleton was so talented and he stayed in it for so long that he, you couldn't deny him. Right. You couldn't. And he's the type of guy that whether you accepted him or not, he's just going to do music. Exactly. And I think that's when you win is when you do things for the right reason. You don't do things because you're trying to fit in that hole or that square or that circle. You do it because you love it. And people are either going to love you back or they're not. And you have to be good with either one of those. Okay. Let me ask you this. You've been in music for a long time. If you impress Sammy. That, was, I got that little, was pretty, that was profound, Chuck. Wow, Proud you of you. A little head nod over <laughs> yeah. there. It's nice. Sammy and I go, I mean. I have never seen Chuck be the interviewee. So I feel like I'm just absorbing this. The knowledge, yeah. I just, I've, I've never seen you like be so serious. Oh shit! I gotta. <laughs> I'm loving it, but I'm also just like, who is this guy? Oh, how do you feel? want me to be goofy? The goofy, like, whoa. I mean, I love both sides. I just am impressed. I feel Thanks. like I, I, I liked that little. These are my two favorite guys. That's right. Profound. Look That's at me. Right. You're and you're our favorite hey. girl. Hey, hey. Oh, right there. High five. Right there. Thanks, Curly Cat. Give me a shoe. You're Give me welcome. a shoe. Look at those. Oh, look at, look at you guys. That is a oh, lot don't make of your thighs. Shoe look bigger. Oh, bigger. Get, get the heel up there. There it's we a lot go. Of oh, a couple shit. sizes bigger. It's still bigger. Fuck. All right. So you're a judge <laughs> on The Voice. Yes. Okay. I'm not, but I. You're. But, I'm yeah, pretending. You'd be a great okay. one. You're pretending right now. There is a lady up there by the name of Taylor Swift. Okay. You know. You know nothing about her. Your chair is turned around. She starts singing. Are you hitting that button for Taylor Swift? Be honest. So you're you you're saying just based off her voice, hundred percent. My turn. turn not her look. Not her writing skills. Not her personality. Um, what song is she singing? Sam Cat. 
I don't know. Um, I don't know. That one. Okay. Let me, let me ask this. Okay. I have, I, let me ask this. I have, I'm not a Swifty. I have multiple, because it counts. It matters. This matters. Is this Taylor Swift when she first came out or Taylor Swift right now? Right now. Yes. I'm turning around. Okay. So you don't think you would have turned it around when she came out as a country singer in Nashville, Tennessee? Well, when she came out in Nashville, Tennessee, she was like 16. Yeah. So she would have sounded really young to me. And I would have been like, oh, I don't know. I mean, she sounds really young to me. Um, she's always been a a, a good singer. Um, but I think now in her career, she's 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 awesome, man. I mean, she commands a stadium. Yeah. Uh. All right, your chair's turned around right now. Mm. I like that pocket. It's a good pocket. Are we gonna get sued for playing this song? Like, I don't know. If this Are we is allowed legal. to play this? <laughs> no. Hold on, wait, wait. Here it is. Boom! Boom. Turn around. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Because I have a theory that I don't know if she would win the Voice. So there was a girl on the Voice that did not get any chair turnarounds, and she was she had hit songs on country radio. Uh, Julie Roberts was on The Voice. Julie Roberts had that song, um, I sure hate to break down here. No, 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 in my rear view mirror, something like that. Um, it was a number one song. And I remember seeing her, is it Julie or Julia? No, Julia Julie Roberts. Is, uh... Right there, look, 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 look. So okay. she was on... And she, Julie Roberts is a perfect example. She should probably change her name. Uh, a little confusing. <laughs> Julia or Julie? Julia Gulia? Julia uh, Gulia. She's a perfect, because she's a pretty girl, right? So if you see her and she's, she sings pretty good, right? You'd be like, oh, she's a star. But she's one of those things where this, just based on her voice, for some reason, those judges yeah. didn't turn around. I felt horrible for her i remember blake shelton turned around he's like ah i know you (laughs) and i knew he i he He had to feel like a dick but yeah all right well one day you'll be on the voice as a judge i've got faith maybe i should just go into voice as a singer you should yeah let's do that (laughs) you know i think you'd get yeah they'd turn around but do but don't do country do like some kind of like just rap rap (laughs) no pop i do pop yeah, yeah it's never too late to R&B. change the direction of your career. So when I met you, yeah, you were training for a triathlon. That's right. And so was I. And you just gone out of a serious car accident. Yeah, you did a full one also, for the record. Yeah, I did an Iron Man. You did an Iron Guy. Okay, I did <laughs> right, a half so Iron half, Man. Rude. Half. But that was after a, a really bad car accident. Yes. Tell us about oh, that. You, so... You met me, I was doing my third one then. So I did two halves before I met you. Okay. Then I got in a car wreck. After you've already done two. Two, yeah. And so it was a, it was a whole documentary. Yeah. Showing your comeback from that. Yeah, I was picked to be on this show called um, Quest for Kona. And it was on um, CBS Sports. Yeah. And um, it was interesting to me because Quest for Kona is... They, they label it, we pick the top 10 athletes from around the world to follow them on their journey to become the next Ironman. <laughs> and they picked me. I'm like, time out. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you say top 10 athletes, like 
in general, like compared to other top athletes or just like top 10 think? from Delaware. Yeah. Like from, from Smyrna, Delaware, from Smyrna. maybe. And, uh, they picked me because of the story, because I, I had a rollover accident. I was sleeping in the back of a suburban, no other cars involved. I, did, I was not wearing my seatbelt and we hydroplaned it rain, 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 dumped rain and then stopped. So the guy driving was just like, oh, stop raining. Meanwhile, there's puddles of water everywhere. Hits a puddle. We go sideways. I wake up. We're going sideways in the car. And I'm like, and when that happens, there's no one screaming. Yeah, of course. You're silent. Yeah. Slow and you're just waiting for the next thing to happen. So you're just kind of like, oh, shit. In your mind, you're screaming. <laughs> but at the moment, I remember it being silent. And just hearing the tires. And then so we're going sideways. We hit the median. As soon as we hit that median, we hit like mud. And it made the car start flipping. And uh, we flipped two or three times probably. And I just remember going boom, 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 boom. Everyone else had their seatbelt on. And we, I didn't get knocked out. But I broke my C2 vertebrae. And I broke my skull. And I remember... Um, at the time your adrenaline's just rocking. So, and I remember getting out of the suburban and just kind of like looking around. And then I remember just seeing like, it was very, very weird because I had a box of, we were, I was going down to do the Mardi Gras parade, like to be in it and wave and all that stuff. And I remember I brought a box of CDs for some reason. I don't know if it was to give away or sign or whatever, but there was, it was raining so much. There was in the median, it was like a little river. And I remember standing there and watching my CDs float Float. down the river. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And then, and then at that moment, I remember, okay, I was like, oh, something's weird. My neck calms down. The adrenaline was coming down, coming down and my neck was getting super tight. And I remember uh, looking at um, the other guy that was in the car with me. And it's like, man, my, my neck is tight. Like, and he's like, I was like, this feels weird. Like something's wrong. And I just sat down and I just, it just kept getting tighter and tighter and tighter and then tighter in my shoulders. I'm like, okay, something's really wrong. So I didn't, I, I was like, I'm not moving. I told the paramedics when I got there, they go, they put me in the, the, what do they call it? The backboard. Stretcher. Yeah, the back. They put me in like hard ass backboard. It's yeah. super uncomfortable. It's, it starts raining again. So now I'm in the on the backboard. And I'm when you're on a backboard, if you've never been on a backboard, once you're locked in and your neck's locked in, you you are looking straight up and that's it. You can't look from side to side. You can't look down, up. You're looking straight to the sky. So here I am. It's pouring down rain. I'm like, get the can we get in the ambulance for God's sakes? <laughs> Fucking roof. I just want a roof. So we give me an ambulance and then I started getting scared as an emotional thing. And then when you get in into the, uh, when they take you into the hospital, it's like the movies, man, you see the lights going like right. light, 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 light straight into x-rays. And when they said, yep, you got a broken C2 vertebrae, uh, all this broken skull. And I just, I just started, I just lost it. I was just started crying. I'm like, because then they're asking you, can you move your fingers? Can you move your toes, move your knee? All right. Extend your leg. They're like, and I'm like, at this moment, I'm like, oh, they're checking to see if I'm paralyzed. Yeah, of course. And I'm like, fuck. 
you know? So, so then I'm like, is it moving? <laughs> like, if Are my you, cause, toes moving? Because they say, they say like, if you're paralyzed, you, you're like, oh no, I'm moving my foot. And you're like, no, you're not. Yeah, so, like phantom. Yeah. Like phantom movements. And you, so, I, and I can't look down. I'm like, is my foot moving? You're like, yeah, it's moving. So I was like, okay, that's good. So long story short, um, the biggest, the biggest part from that was like, I remember that the, the uh, they had all these different doctors come in and the C2 vertebrae was a big deal because the C2 vertebrae holds all the good stuff, right? All the stuff that tells you how to breathe, move, it goes through your C2 vertebrae. So I, when I broke it, if this is your vertebrae like this, I broke it, right? And it stayed in place. If I would have, and so you, you could see the crack in it. If I would have broke it and it would have displaced like this, I would have died. So I broke there. There's, if you ever, that's why they say, if you ever have a neck injury, don't move because you, you could have something just if like you that. shift one. There was a guy that was on him as in a motorcycle accident and he broke his C2 vertebrae and he, at the time he's like, Oh, something's wrong. And he was fine. He was walking around. He had his helmet on. It was great. He took his helmet off, displaced mm. it, and he died. That's why, like, you just super cautious. Yeah, you just don't know. Yeah. But, uh, but that because of that journey, man, when I got out of that neck brace, I was in that neck brace for like three months, couldn't move. It sucked. Um, pain pills were good, but, uh, <laughs> still haven't kicked those, but those so are good. Say, yeah. I'm sorry. Where am I? Um, but yeah, I got out of it. And the weirdest thing to me was like, when I got out of it, I couldn't, I could barely do like a push up. I had lost so much strength from not being able to move, not being able to work out, um, the atrophy or whatever you want yeah. to call it. I just. And now was, you can do about three or four of them. Yeah. Like super, like maybe <laughs> even 10 girl pushups. Yeah. Yeah. I got yeah, my yeah. knees down. No offense, Sammy. Yeah. That's scary. I was in a, a similar <laughs> experience when i was a i'd graduated college and i stayed there an extra semester um because i did like the red shirt thing for soccer i lived in a house with my buddies and you were I, a soccer player yeah that's why he's got good legs yeah thanks it's nice showing the legs today for everybody at home if you're not watching is that YouTube. a natural tan by the way 100 natural really uh, yeah come on interesting i go fake tan yes <laughs> I think right. you would actually 100%. This is real. Real quick. Did you ever fake tan when you were on the bachelor? Were you on the bachelor or bachelorette? Bachelorette. bachelorette. Did you ever like fake tan when you're on that show? No, no, no. just natural. You just <laughs> yeah. laid out by the pool with your shirt off. You're like, oh, yeah. I hope she walks out. Yeah. Hopefully she walks. Check me out. Yeah. Exactly. I'm one of the built guys on the show. Yeah. Were you the one, of, you were one of the leaner, like built guys on the show, right? <sighs> or do they just, a lot of guys were pretty ripped on that show i remember going in the limo to the mansion and i was the shortest guy and i'm like six foot three and really I was the shortest one in the limo so sam cat you should head to the mansion Get one of those i feel guys. like sam cat should be on the bachelor mm. 100 mm. i don't i'm good thank you though i feel like uh i why go on the bachelor when i could just date a guy that's also dating 25 women right here in Nashville. You know what I mean? Exactly. The difference is there's just not cameras around. Well, yeah, why go to the bachelor when you go to the tin roof? Yeah. You know, Yeah. Um, I travel enough. I'm good. I love that. Uh, I miss Sam cat. No. Well, so go back to your story. I yeah. cut you off. Cause I know. So I got in a, a really bad car accident too. I left my house at, uh, this was in Pearl street in Keene, New Hampshire. And I was going up to my winter job as a, um, valet driver 
valet guy at a ski resort is awesome. And I'm driving down the road, one of those roads where it's like head on, no median, one lane here, one lane there, and probably going like 70 miles an hour. And some guy comes across my lane. I see him coming. I hit the gas. He hits me right on my driver's door, hits my car off the road, goes into a snowbank, sends the Jeep airborne and flips like five or six times. I had my seatbelt on, but I remember everything. Like you said, it's kind of like slow motion. You're mm-hmm. not saying anything and it's just flipping and flipping and flipping. And I thought I was dreaming. And then it flipped all the way back to where the tires are honest tires. You know, the tires were off the car, eerily silent. And I was just like, I started touching myself like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I'm alive. I crawled out of the window and then apparently somebody says I threw a rock at the kid who was driving. <laughs> Don't remember that. You showed him. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. Um, I called my girlfriend at the time who was in my bed. I just left the house and I was like, come quick, got a bad accident. Um, and then like when she got there with my roommate and then I just collapsed on the ground like because all the adrenaline calmed down. I remember being in an ambulance. They cut off my clothes, started to hook me up to everything. That is it. That is a weird thing is that they cut your clothes off of you, which you don't think about unless you're unless you're in that field. Yeah, and you work in a hospital. You're like, yeah, of course we cut because they don't want to move you. Yeah, they don't want to move any of your limbs. So they just cut everything off and just sticking everything in. I'm like, just when you said it's like an emotional time. I'm like, am I gonna die? Am I gonna die? Like freaking out. And I go to ICU. I was in there for a couple of weeks and in the hospital for months. Like ruptured my spleen, broke oh. my ribs, like all internal stuff, but um, lost a bunch of weight too, lost muscle, could still do more push-ups than you, but. So let me ask you this. Were you were you um, in really good shape when you got in that yeah. accident? Okay. Yeah. And that's what they said too. Cops came back to my hospital bed and they're like, we just want to let you know how lucky you are. We've never seen anybody survive that type of accident. So you should really like be pretty grateful for this. And a lot of nurses were like, yeah, you're lucky you're a younger fit guy. Um, and the weird thing about that is, is like, I'm not a real spiritual guy or I don't know what I believe in, but when I left the house that morning, I never wore my seatbelt. I mean, never. And I was driving down my road and I stopped. I put my foot on the brake and I was like, I'm gonna wear my seatbelt today. I put my seatbelt on and within about two to three minutes after that is when that accident happened. Wow. That's pretty crazy. So uh, obviously you should probably maybe believe in God and Jesus at this point. Yeah. Crazy. Hey. But hey. That's awesome. Yeah. So then I've always lived my life because me and my boys always say, because my best friend, he was in Iraq. He went to a couple um, wars over there, some serious close calls. I went through that and we're like, hey, we're living on bonus time now. So we've always said bonus time. That's so make, make the most of it. I agree. That's awesome. Hey, listen. Hey. That's, high five. No, hey, do a high five. <laughs> That's right. so weird. No, it's got to be. A, it's like we're having a One, weird two, two three. three. There we go. We just did the. Hold on. We just did this. Watch. Do it again. Watch. One, two. <laughs> and the cross. And the cross. But we did a tap before we cross. Tap, we went, cross, tap, yeah. tap, cross. That's great. You're going to have to watch this one on YouTube if you're driving your car right now. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. So we're here. We're alive. We did. I did an Iron Man. You did an Iron Guy. We trained together a few times. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, we did. Um, we trained together out of my house. So we <laughs> yeah. we went for a run. 
And you guys know Jordan, right? Are we, are you've talked about Jordan at all? Sam Cat obviously knows Jordan. Alex, I don't think we really brought him up on the show though. No, yeah. All right. So we have a friend. Okay. You're really good friends with him. Yeah. Um, his name is Jordan and he is a, now he is an elite. He's like, Iron Man. he could be one of the top 10 guys that yes. they put on that show. Yes. He should have been on Quest He for actually qualified for Kona in real life. In real life. Yeah. Yeah. Not fake believe TV yeah. life like me. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Chuck. All right, just push him through so we can have a good TV show. Um, so he is super fast. And we're like, hey, let's go run. I think we ran like 14 miles that day. No, it was 18. 18 was miles. 16 to 18. I think we did 16 and he did 18. So we start off together down our my driveway. My driveway is pretty long. It's a quarter of a mile. So it's a nice little warm-up pace. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. The three of us, dude, we get out of our driveway. It's Sunday afternoon and it is like a hundred degrees. It's hot, very hot in the middle of the summer. And we get out and then Jordan's like, hey guys, I'm going to, I really need to work on my pace. We're like, yeah, go for it, dude. So he takes <laughs> off and he gets further and further and further. And I'm like, is this, is he going all out or what? To, to show you how fast he is. When I did a marathon, I did a he bet me that he could beat me by 30 minutes. He was doing one the same weekend. Mm -hmm. I got a 330. He got a 258. Which so is a 258 pace on a marathon. That's pretty damn fast. But so anyways. super fast guy. So us being competitive, I, we tried to keep up with him for a little bit. We did like, probably for like the first half mile. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he was, he was being yeah. nice too. He was being nice. Like, yeah. all right, I'm going to make these guys feel good. Yeah. We were still he's the trying nicest to, guy in the world. We're trying to keep him in the conversation. We're like, Jordan, we're talking about this. <laughs> and he looked back. He's like, cool. And then eventually we just couldn't see him. So then <laughs> we peaked way early on that run. Like we peaked on mile seven and we had 10 more to go. Well, because when you get out of Chuck's long ass driveway, he goes, all right, now up on the right here, there's a yard and they have dogs and the dogs are probably going to chase you. Yes. So you get down the street and you got these mean dogs and you have to kind of speed we, up a little bit because yeah. they start running after you. Yeah, it's a good pace setter. It's just, you know, it's just fun. You know, I always know my that that mile is going to be faster than the previous. Yeah. Um, so we get back and we're like just dying and we had already gone through all the water. Our, we brought one little thing of water and then we find ourselves like, man, we've got eight more miles to go and we have zero water, nothing. We felt, I felt, I felt like we were going to die and we were in the middle of the desert. The middle of nowhere. The Sahara. Yeah. Sahara, Columbia, Tennessee. And the black pavement, we got sun, no trees. Dude, we got so desperate. I said, there's a guy, in, there's a guy in his yard. <laughs> <laughs> there's a guy right there. Hey, look, he's got a hose. We stopped and we talked to this guy in his yard and we're like, we must've looked like idiots. We're like, do you have any water? <laughs> we, it was like we had jumped out of an airplane and we were from a different planet. And we're like, do you have any water? <laughs> we had to tell him, we were just like, listen, we ran a little too far. And we ran out of water. And he's like, man, I don't have any water. He's like, but I got a hose. And we're like, we'll take we'll it. We'll take it. That was the second house because we stopped at one house prior to that as an older lady. She was out by our garage and she said, no, I don't have anything. So we're like, all right, we'll keep going. And then we see this guy and Chuck walks up to him. He's like, hey. Uh, well, I knew he, <laughs> I knew he was going to be nice because it said it was he was a retired uh, vet. 
vet. Yeah. I'm like, all right, this guy's a veteran. He's going to help us. Yeah. And he did. You're like, you want tickets to my show coming up? That's I what did. you told him. <laughs> Got a new show called Shiners if you ever want to come to it. We have water there as well. And we finally make it back to the house. After 16 miles. And, and Jordan was in, a, in the pool, like <laughs> laying out, had a beer. He's like, guys, how's it going? I got to get going. Dinner. Yeah. And that was our uh, training for. That's the last time we, the trained, last together. Time we trained together. So it was fun. I yeah. need it. We need to do another one. Probably. We should. We should do another one. Yeah, we can do another one. Um, Next year. Two yeah, years. get you in shape for the Shiners because that's uh, three nights a week, right? Yeah, Shiners is – that's been uh, – Sam Cat knows. I, sorry, I can't, Sammy knows. Sammy has been through that journey because Sammy and I used to do a podcast together. It's like on pause right now, but uh, Love Country Talk to Chuck. And it was a lot of fun. She saw every – like from – you know, taking over the Woolworth building. So my my wife and I uh, took over this old building called the Woolworth off Fifth and Broadway, downtown Nashville. It was a restaurant. We turned it into a theater called the Woolworth Theater. And it's turned into this cool, like very intimate setting. We do a lot of private corporate events there um, outside of doing shows um, and a lot of one-off different shows. But I wrote this show called shiners it's about a bunch of moonshiners uh it's a very eclectic show it's a cirque meets adult comedy show we fly people we have the best cirque talent from all all around the world um i teamed up with a, a group called nappy tabs so nappy tabs is napoleon and tabitha a married couple and they're very well known like in dance world they're very well known in cirque world and all that stuff cirque world cirque world yeah, okay. yeah and because they do they they do a lot of the cirque shows out in vegas um and they do their J-Lo's choreography team. Um, they do a lot of Grammys. They do all the uh, Disney specials on ABC. They do those. And they're legit. Yeah, they're just legit. Um, so I teamed up with them. And because I teamed up with them, when I did a casting to do this show out in Vegas, because her name was attached, we got a lot of great talent to come out. And at the time, it was right out of COVID. And Cirque du Soleil kind of shut their doors. So all these Cirque du Soleil talents were out of a job. So we had a lot, of, we had a great turnout for our casting. They're like, oh, a Cirque show, Cirque style show that's going to be in Nashville. They checked it out. And we ended up putting together this amazing cast of, of talent. Um, contortionists, we fly people, strong guys that balance off each other. They're, they're People love them. And then um, uh, we have Laura Osnes in the show. She's like a two-time Tony Award nominee. She was the original Cinderella on Broadway. Um, she sings, plays my sister in it. I'm in it. Uh, my name's Mason Shiner, but it's just, it's fun, man. It's, it, no one knows what to expect, but once they, at the end of it, they're like, I don't know what I just saw, but it was fucking awesome. It's awesome. And what I love about it is that it's so different than any experience you can get here in Nashville. Yes. You have all the bars you can go to, uh, bachelor, bachelorette parties and go to some strip clubs, whatever concerts. But this is like the only, the one of its kind. It's never been done before. And it's a true Vegas style residency show. So it's every Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, and it's intimate feeling because it's not a huge theater. There's not a bad seat in the house. Yeah. And to see this, to see this style of talent, like the Cirque talent, to see it this close is somewhat unheard of. Like usually when you go see a Cirque show, it's in a huge arena. And people are flying way up in the air and you're very far away from them. 
and you get that wow factor because it's so big, right? They're flying way up in the air or you see a, an amazing town, but they're super far away here at the Woolworth theater, shinersnashville.com for tickets. Um, you're super close. Yeah. And it's there, there's a storyline to it. It's a loose storyline. It's like, don't go there except, you know, you're not watching Hamilton. This is, this, <laughs> it's more about, you know, you're, I don't know if anybody gets a Hamilton vibe from you. It's not a Hamilton so vibe. It's not that. like, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's <laughs> go there to have fun party, see a, a, a crazy group of moonshiner family. And, you know, our, the message at the end is, as you can see, we have an eclectic, lovable family and we believe no matter who you are, or what you do, you deserve to shine. And Perfect. and you wrote all that. Yeah. Yeah. You came yeah. up with it. Came up with, I mean, I had a team. I, yeah. I teamed up with Nappy Tabs and, um, but yeah, for the most part wrote it and uh, got the talent together and, and here we are. It's been fun. It's a, now that that's been stressful. Um, that's, I mean, it's been five years in the making. So to see it come together and we've been open for about eight months. It's, it's very, very well done. Everybody should check it out. Me and Sam Cat always get a good laugh out of it because when you were developing this mm -hmm. and talking about it and you're saying you're putting together the show and then one day you're like, ah, I feel like, you know, we, we need to find a host and somebody to, to, to kind of be the main character. And you're like, I guess I'm going to do it. <laughs> Next thing we know, we see every poster and billboard in town is Chuck oh, yeah. with his hand out, the star of the show. I mean, deservingly so. I did. So it. I, it's fun. It is so much fun. Uh, I really enjoy doing it. It's funny. A lot of people are like, man, it's cool to pay. Like you get paid to do that. I'm like, no, I don't pay myself anything. Yeah. So my wife's because I'm owner, like I own the the company and the, the show and everything. But um, my wife is very anxious for me to find a replacement just because uh, <laughs> I'm gone every Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. You know? Like I've kind of given up my weekends to go do this because it, the goal is is to get it on autopilot where just we're selling out every single night and then i won't do it as much i'll have somebody that comes in like tonight i have somebody filling in for me you'll do like once a weekend maybe yeah or like you know when it's you know peak season or something there's a bunch of people in town i'm just like yeah, i'm gonna go do it for a few weeks and or you know it's a big show because i got fam friends and family in town i'll do the show right um so I, I'm definitely committed through the end of this year. Um, so shinersnashville.com if you want to come see it. And I feel like it kind of takes everything you're good at and puts it all together. You host, you sing, you dance. You're like a, a triple threat times two. It is very out there. Now, yes. if you had an actor who you wanted to replace you, who do you think would be your best replacement? Any actor in the world? Oh, Ryan Reynolds. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of spot on. Yeah. All day long. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, you obviously got uh, the wife to support you. And you guys have been married for how long now? Four years. Four years. Yeah. And you got little Tucker, who's probably the cutest kid that I think I've ever seen. Tucker's a man. Yeah. How old is he? Two and a half. And I hear two is like, well, I feel like two is the best stage. Because they're kind of starting to walk around. They're talking a little bit. You Do you have a lot of experience around two-year-olds? <laughs> <laughs> no. You just like watch on TV. Oh, two. Yeah, two. That kid seems really fucking cool. Yeah, piece of cake. Two years old. They can go to the bathroom themselves, right? Uh, right in their diaper. Yeah. I know it. So my son, Tucker, I always know he's shitting because he goes in the corner and backs up against it. And then he just makes that face like this. Backs up against the wall? <laughs> <laughs>
And done. <laughs> and then he looks around like, oh. Tucker's also a December baby. What date? December 4th. Ooh, yeah. We got December 12th. Mm. December babies. Don't go early. I told you over the phone. We said, yeah. I go, December 4th is Tucker's day. Don't you fuck with that day. <laughs> I'm thinking December 6th is going to be the day. It'll be a good day. Yeah. We can do a big combined birthday party. Are you excited to be a daddy? I am. Very excited. Are you nervous to be a daddy? Not yet. Not nervous yet. I get a little nervous with everything that I have going on in my life. Like there's sometimes I'm sitting at home being like, oh man, this is going to be a lot because I already feel like I don't have time for anything. But obviously that becomes the number one priority, but it's all about managing the time. And I feel like that's just going to obviously take precedent over anything else and nothing else will matter as much. So I'm very excited. Yeah. You should be. Yeah. Babies are miracles. Yeah. And I've always honestly looked at you as like, hey, this guy's old as shit and he just had a kid and he's good. <laughs> <laughs> like you probably had your kid the same age as I'm gonna have my kid. How old were you when Tucker was born, Chuck? What's behind this curtain? <laughs> uh, I was 41. Yeah, all right. So I'll be 37. But you got married around 37, 38. I got married when I was 40. Okay. So, anyways, fun wedding. Yeah, it was fun. It was a great wedding. Were you there? Oh, no, I was invited. I couldn't make it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I appreciate. I was the checking. Invite. I just for, I forgot. Yeah. I, all my, I just remember all my best friends were there. Yeah. I remember yep. Sam Cat and Bri Bri. I remember getting a lot of videos. Man. Yeah. Dude, Sam Cat. Oh my God. Hey, you're calling her Sam Sorry. Cat. Sammy uh, was roommates with Brian, which I was in itself was it now was, looking back is like hilarious. It was quite the adventure weekend. <laughs> mm -hmm. I still love him. We made it through. We made it. Yeah, there was, it. it was touch and go there for a moment, but uh, well, he would have go. dance parties at one o'clock in the morning. Literally, Brian. That's when gonna do the two step and cab oh, yeah. up. That Brian's song. a sucker for any song that's got a dance. To yes. It. Well, let me tell you, when he's had forty six margaritas at Chuck's open bar, and then we get back to our hotel room, and he's blasting that song, doing the dance moves at all hours of the morning. Yeah, it was it was rough, but we made it. We're still friends, and uh, we joke about it. So, Thanks. all go. good. Still a lot of love there. And you met your wife, Cassie, at Honky Tonk? I met her at uh, Whiskey Row. That's right. I mean, that's, that was our first conversation. Yeah. We've had some history before that. That was very short-lived. Okay. She used to be married. So that's I right. remember, I so I used to see her all the time at Jason. Jason Aldean's her brother. So I used to see her all the time. I, I know you guys know that, but it was more for the listeners. Yeah. Um, so I would see her at all these number one parties. Like, I'm like, why is this? really hot girl with beautiful hair because she has very like you can't miss her hair it's like very curly it's like yeah, sammy's it's like right Sam's. now like curly curly cat curly okay curly cat <laughs> that pains chuck to Jesus. say um oh my god so uh, you just couldn't miss her when she walked into her yeah. room. and i always remember i mean i saw her in boston when when aldine played fenway park because i was out there for the radio show that i did I was like, there's that girl. And then I would see her at number one part, several number one parties in, in Nashville. Then I would see her at the ACMs. And I'm like, who is this girl? And one time in particular, I finally got the nerve to be like, hey, I'm Chuck. She goes, no. <laughs> like this. She goes, no. And then walks away. And I'm like, and I was talking to this other guy. And I go, what the fuck's wrong with that girl? She's like, 
Oh, that's Jason's sister. I think she's in a fight with her husband at the time or something. So she was, she was like, it was a weird Going time. Some stuff. Yeah. So yeah. she was like coming over to tell him something real quick and just didn't have, she looked at me and she knew that I was like trying, trying to be like, Hey, what's up? Yeah. And she was like, no. Yeah. Not now. But you so finally got in there. She, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> she, have you, has she retold the story? No, that, okay. Whoa. English. I just had a stroke. Has she retold you the story now that you guys are like, together i'm sure she has but oh, she my- told me like about when she said no yes she's yeah, like yeah. oh no that was not a good time for me she's like i knew when you were looking at me like it was like you wanted to say what's up and i was like i just did not have time for it i'm like no i i get it <laughs> and so but I she saw- leads no she leads with oh i just i thought you were really hot and i was having trouble with my husband i was like i do not need this trouble so that's uh, why she was uh, like oh i put my hand i was like no trouble. all right yeah the trouble, trouble like maker. probably like trouble She's like, like if, man, she, if her husband sees her right. talking to me it was right. too much of a temptation for yeah. her she didn't want to it was like, temptation island before temptation island was a thing that's right that was dumb don't, <laughs> don't ever say that again chuck don't ever say that again. hey you know what um, she gave in and it worked out well she did it worked out um well i, I ended up seeing her so i think jason won entertainer of the year acms so i ended up going our first kind of meeting was I went to the after party at House of Blues uh, just to say congrats to yeah. Jason. And I went by myself. And I went up there, still in the, you know, the red carpet duds and stuff like that. So I was, I was feeling pretty good, you know? And I, I see her and I was like, oh, there's that girl again. I was like, I wonder if she's going to be rude. <laughs> <clears throat> and she comes up. And uh, this time, Brittany Aldean was going like this. She's like nudging. She's like, look, this guy right there. I'm like, and I picked up on it. I'm like, oh, something's different. So I was like, something's different. It's like, is she not married now? Because then, uh, so I said hello. She was nice, kind, unlike the time before. And I, I found her on Instagram. So because I, I, I went to Brittany's thing, found her. It's like, oh, her name's Cassie. Click on it. I see that she's got no kids. pictures of a husband. Well, no, there's pictures of him. So, but it, but not lately. Yeah, you're right? like okay, October, <clears throat> September. It's like wow, it's drifting away less <laughs> and less. And I was like, huh. And now she's starting to go out with a bunch of girls. And so then I clicked on. It's like all right, I'm gonna put the feelers out. So the key is, if you want to put the feelers out there, the key to getting a woman's attention to me, if you're gonna do it via Instagram, do it where everyone can see it. Don't slide into the DMs, okay? Because if you do it where everyone can see it, you are then telling that person and everyone else who sees it that you don't care that that someone else sees it and that you're not trying to hide something from someone else, okay? So you do it out in the open. She was playing top golf in high heels, looked super hot. I go, man- Check out my driver. Super talented. <laughs> I'm like, that's a nice shaft you have with your hands there. I should, that's what I should have said. That's a nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to like, say what? it. I don't want to say it. Anyway, so what was I the knew. Line? No, I don't, I'm not going to say it. So I, <laughs> I said, I, no, I don't want to say what I wanted to say. What I did say was like, man, it's super talented to do that in high heels. So she wrote me back. LOL, period. LOL, Bob. <laughs> That's when I was like, all right, she's not married. Now you Then slid. I slid into the DMs. Yeah. So we went back and forth. We were going to meet up. Long story short, we had not met up. And she had she had written me a DM. She goes, hey, I'm going downtown for a little day drinking. 
if you want to meet up. I did not open it up yet. You know, you can tell if you open it or not. I didn't open it up yet. I didn't know she had written me that yet. She walks in. I was at Whiskey Row already with some friends. She walks in. I see her. I'm like, what are you doing here? She's like, oh, I thought you didn't get my DM. I'm like, no. I'm like, what DM? She's like, open up. It says, hey, I'm going down if you want to meet. And I'm so I had already, without even knowing she was going down there, we had, so it was fate. That is fate. Again, another reason to believe. So Cassie's brother is Jason Aldean. That's right. A lot of sensitive topics today mm-hmm. in the world. And I just honestly listened to the song this morning and I'm like, I am having a tough time understanding the outrage for it. Yeah, I think people are trying too hard. They're trying too hard to make um, something into something. They're trying to make this into something that's not. Um, you know, I know every single one of the writers on that song. I know Jason, obviously, very well. Yeah. I know the person that shot that video. And they're all wonderful people. Um, and they're just good, and they're good-hearted people. To turn this into to to try to say that this song is racist is ridiculous. Um, you know, we live in such a divisive world right now, and it's just like it's either you're all the way over here or you're all the way over there. And that's it shouldn't be like that. I yeah. mean, people people can have their opinions all day long about and and think what they want to think. But to knock someone else, try to knock someone else down because they don't think the way you think is ridiculous. Because uh, when I heard the song, I'm like, this really just sounds like a fuck around and find out type of message. And then if people are saying that it's racist, then they are just assuming that only people of color would be doing those things that he is talking about in the song. Right. Yeah, essentially... Um, you know, if you're not racist, you don't think about that stuff. But the people that are thinking about this stuff, why are you having racist thoughts? Because you, maybe you're racist. I don't think that way. So, right. I mean, me personally, I don't think that way. I don't, I don't try to look at something and be like, is that racist? Is this curtain racist? Is that chair racist? I just don't think that way. Um, you know, Jason made a statement. I think the the best thing that he did was that he made a clear statement about what he thought the song was about and what it meant to him. Um, and that's exactly what it is. I, I, and then he, and then he leaves it alone because there's no, there's no, if you try to fight everybody that doesn't think the way you think, and you just want to try to be like, oh, that's what you think this means. Well, no, that's not what it means. This is what it means. Like you're, you're never going to stop. Um, I grew up in a small town, Mm -hmm. a very small town. And all that song is saying is that we're going to stick up for ourselves. Right. You know, and we're going to stick up for our neighbor, no matter what color they are. You know, exactly. he doesn't, he, 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 there, if you go word, I actually on the way here heard the song and on the radio. And I, I was like, all right, I'm going to re-listen to this and I'm, and I'm going to re-listen to it with different ears and be, and wait for it. And there's nothing racist about that song. Yeah. I was at the gym earlier and my business partner, she's Mexican and I was talking to her about it and she's like, I want to hear it. And I played it to her and she's like, I don't understand how anybody's thinking this is they just racist. I, I don't, I say they, I'm, I'm just the people that are trying to knock this song. I think they just, I, I think they just already don't like him or don't like that. He's around Trump or don't like, you know, that he's, you know, 
a Republican or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. just don't like that. So anything they can jab at, they're going to try to find something. Which is hilarious because now it's like the number one song in the world because of you guys trying to take him down and bringing attention to it and everybody's streaming it and listening to it and it's helping him out. And so they want to try and take him down. I'm like, you're not doing it. Yeah. I mean, and there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of songs that no one's ever paid attention, attention to, uh, that in different genres that are like horrible. Yeah. And they literally talk about killing people with a gun. Yeah. So it's just like, <laughs> but this, yeah. We're just talking about sticking up for ourselves if you try to kill us or if you rob us or if you, you know, you know, spit in a cop's face or you do all these things that are actually criminal things. We're like, hey, if you're a criminal and you come, this is the way I would, I would challenge people to think about it this way. And I think it's a very, very, very small margin for the people. I think you got about, if there's a hundred people over here that think it's not racist, there's about four people over here that, that think it is. And they're just yelling really loud. Right. Right. The majority is over here. Yeah. There's about four or five people over here that just want to yell as loud as they can. And that's usually the way it works. But the, you know, pretend you're in your small town, pretend you're in your big city, pretend you're anywhere. And someone tries to rob your grandmother's store. She's had this store for 60 years and they're going to come in there and they're going to rob her and they're going to push her and they're going to beat her down. They're going to burn it down. They're going to do all these things. You don't want to stick up for that. Exactly. You don't want to be like, Hey, you don't want to say to somebody, don't mess with my grandmother. Don't mess with her store. If you come mess with us, I'm, you're going to have a fight because I'm going to stick up for myself. That's all it's saying. Do you think if that song was released four or five years ago, there would be this conversation on it or it would just be another Jason Aldean hit? I think the song was released like three months ago and no one knew about it because they didn't care. They, they, they started caring when they saw the video and they're like, how can I poke a hole in this video? Right. And they didn't like this, some of the footage in the video. Well, the, the foot, footage is footage. I mean, he's, just say, he's giving examples of what it looks like to spit in a cop's face or what it looks like to burn a city down or what it looks like to commit a crime. Yeah. What they were showing was they were showing crimes being committed. And it, that song states, don't come into this, my town, my small town, and try to burn it down or commit a crime against people that I love because I'm going to stand my ground and stick up for myself. That's the way I was raised. I think that's the way the majority of people were raised, unless you're a criminal. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, Bada so I guess what do I mean? So yeah. are, we, are you saying it's like, you know, I rather have, there are cities and towns and it's mainly cities there are cities that you can go and just take whatever you want off the shelf and walk right out because no one wants to stop it. I don't want to live in that type of city. Exactly. But as soon as somebody sticks up for that and says something, then they try to attack them. Yeah. It's just, it literally is common sense. Like this, this song is, it doesn't make sense how, what they're trying to make this song to be like, they're trying way too hard. 
There's a lot of other songs. If they want to pick a song, if they want to take the music route and pick a song to go be like, ooh, this is bad because it There's promotes this more and promotes violence and all that stuff. Okay, well, great. I have about 35 other songs that you could probably poke a really big hole in. Yeah, that we're probably going to play in the gym in our next <laughs> class. Like that Sean Booth works out to. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's wild to watch. I mean. I'll, I'll say this about, I'll, I'll say this about Jason and. Um, Brittany and my wife Cassie, in in our family, is that we have strong core values, and we believe in family and faith, and we believe in being a good person. And even politically, if you want to start doing like, well, politically, politic, any you're allowed to have your beliefs. Everyone is, and. We feel if you think differently than us or what we believe in and stand in, that's fine. We're not going after you and attacking you. It's okay to, to be different. Right. Um, it's not okay to fuck with our kids. Absolutely. It's okay to be different. It's okay to have, it's okay to be uh, it's okay to be liberal. It's okay to be Republican. It's okay to be independent. It's okay to be, it's okay to not believe in something until you want to believe in it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's okay to take your, it's okay to be on your, your own timetable. But when you start forcing your timetable or your beliefs on other people that don't feel that way, that's where it's like, well, you're forcing something on me that, that I don't like. So I'm going to stand up for my, myself. And that goes to so many different levels. Mm -hmm. I mean, we could have a a very long podcast just on this topic. Right. Yeah. Maybe we need to do that. Have but, you back in, talk some more about it. It's a very, very strong issue. But yeah, like you said, you're just good people who have your beliefs and stand up for them. And there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody should be able to do that. And every scenario is different. Like, you know, there's going to be people that maybe watch this and be like, oh yeah, but what about this? Okay, great. Let's talk about this then. If you want to talk about this, let's talk about this. And I'll tell you why I feel this way. Right. Just because I feel this way about that doesn't mean I feel the same way about that. Yeah. There's always different scenarios. Like yeah. just because you're, um, I think the, the problem is, is that if people associate the divide like this, if they go, if you're a liberal, then you're, oh, you're far left. Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. you're, if you're right wing, then you're, oh, you're far right. right. No, no, guys. Exactly. You, you can be right can down the middle of the road. I mean, yeah. just because you're right doesn't mean you're far right. Yeah. I mean, just because you're left doesn't mean you're far left. Yeah. I think people are I think people are missing a lot of opportunities to have really great friendships and really great memories with people that think differently than they do. Amen. Yeah. And people are allowed to have their opinions and that's completely fine. Be who you are. People might not like it. Might not like my sweatshirt. I like it. I do think he's the greatest country artist of all time. Okay. I think he's better than Garth Brooks. Wow, good. Because I think a lot of people, well, we got to get going here, but I think a lot of people say Garth Brooks as, is like the Babe Ruth, right? It's like you have to say that. I'm like, I don't know. I think Aldean's kind of past him. I think I think Aldean's starting to stand for something and that's much bigger than himself. And yeah. I think that's starting to show. And I think it's pretty cool. It is pretty um, cool. And I did give him a hard time just in closing. I know we got to go because you got to work out. but. Um, I whispered in his ear, sweet nothings, last <laughs> night. I go, listen, when this t-shirt line comes out, 
around you. <laughs> Don't let it go to your head. Because <laughs> I'm your brother-in-law and I will not let it happen. That's right. So, Well, we got Jason Aldean on this one. Britney Spears over there. Head to Chuck Wick's Instagram, his wife's Instagram. That's right. Ad, not an ad. They're not paying me to say that, but maybe I should send him an invoice. And then when you come to Nashville, <laughs> shinersnashville.com. That's right. Chuck, we love you. Thank you so much. Love Came you, Sammy. Through. Love you. I'm so happy you were here. I'm happy you were here. All right, now he's leaving. Let's have the real podcast. Okay. Okay.